dangers of ingratitude while Chrissy and them are coming around. I want to share a word the Lord gave to me to pastors. If you're looking online, if you're a preacher and a teacher, the Holy Spirit spoke a word to me and you and you can listen to it. It's not to be judgmental. Okay, it's not to be critical. It's just I have to obey God. How many know what I'm saying? And so, and so, you don't have to write me any letters. You don't have to tell me anything. I'm just telling you what the Holy Spirit spoke to me. If you want to apply it to you, uh, it's important that leaders, preachers, and teachers of the Word of God need to hear this word. Malachi 2.2. 2. Creation, it, it, it's, it's serious, but I want you to listen to this. It's, uh, there's a lot of people that are rejecting and rebelling against God. They're not teaching the truth of the Bible. So this word is to them. It's a quick prophetic word to preachers and teachers. Malachi 2.2, 2, uh, it's just the scriptures. That's all it is. It's nothing from me. It's the word of God. And now this admonition is for you, O priest. If you do not listen and if you do not, uh, is it on the scripture? Did I put it up here? Yeah. If you do not listen and if you do not take it to heart to honor my name, says the Lord of hosts. Then I will send the curse upon you, and I will curse your blessings on the people. Indeed, I have cursed them already, because you're not taking it to heart. When the Holy Spirit spoke that word to me, I just sank in my, in my office, sank, it, sank in my spirit. Um, because, because, preacher, when you preach, you're accountable to make sure the word of God gets to the people of God. If the word of God gets to the people of God, the people of God are blessed. If they take heed and listen to the word of God, if they do not take heed and listen to the word of God, your hands are clean. Sir, ma'am, your hands are clean because you delivered, thus saith the Lord. But if you make up a pseudo gospel or some other gospel and you lie to the people of God, the people of God's blessings are now cursed. It's a big responsibility. And I don't take lightly, and I don't take this lightly. And I praise God for the privilege of being a preacher. But, boy, there's a major responsibility. And with every privilege comes a great responsibility. So that's the word of the Lord to those who need to hear that. And, uh, Oak Grove, could you you help me praise God for our preachers who are preaching the truth? There are still 7,000 who bowed, not bowed their knee to Baal, preaching the word of God, teaching the word of God, telling the people of God. And if you get the word of God, then you are blessed and not cursed. That's why we are thankful. Ingratitude is a very dangerous thing. And uh, and I didn't want to talk about that topic. I told you for weeks to be ready for this sermon. I left it for the weekend of Thanksgiving. Isn't that wonderful? Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> Buckle up. Here we go. Romans chapter 1. That ought to tell you something right there. Romans chapter 1. The danger of ingratitude. Uh, it's the last sermon in our series here. Whew. Romans 1, 18 through 32. Let's see what we got. For God does not overlook sin, or the wrath of God is, is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who in their wickedness suppress and stifle the truth. Um, because that which is known about God is evident within them. It's evident within them, in their inner consciousness. For God made it evident to them. Are you seeing that? For ever since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes... Uh, his eternal power, his divine nature, have been clearly seen. God's not trying to, to put one over on us. 
very evident, very clearly seen, being understood through his workmanship, all of his creation, the wonderful things that he has made, so that, so that they who fail to believe and trust in him are without excuse and without defense. It's hard, but I'm going to preach it anyway, whether I get any help or not. For even though they knew God as the creator, they did not honor him. They did not honor him as God or give thanks or to give thanks to God for his wonderful creation. On the contrary, though, they became worthless in their thinking, futile, godless, with pointless reasoning and silly speculations as if we come from monkeys. And their foolish heart was darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools, and they exchanged the glory and majesty of the excellency of our immortal God for an image of a worthless idol in the shape of mortal man, birds and four-footed animals and reptiles. Therefore, this is what God did. He gave them over in the lust of their own hearts to sexual impurity so that their bodies would be dishonored among them, abandoning them to the degrading power of sin. Because, uh, because by choice, they, ex- they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, this is the reason. God gave them over to degrading and vile passions for their women, exchanged their natural function for that which is unnatural, a function contrary to nature. It just doesn't work. And in the same way, also, the men turned away from the natural function of the woman and were consumed with their desire toward one another, men with men consuming shameful acts, and in turn receiving in their own bodies the inevitable and appropriate penalty for their wrongdoing. How many know sin will have a price to pay? Just saying, it's right there in the book. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God or consider him worth knowing as their creator, God gave them over to depraved mind to do things which are improper, and repulsive friends that is what's going on in america and around the world that is coming to pass in our day and my heart grieves i know your heart grieves and i don't know uh uh, i i i felt like maybe that's that's what preachers need to be telling this culture we need to tell the truth of what is actually going on We need to reveal sin. God has already revealed himself. Preaching helps to reveal sin. It's the mirror of the word of God. They look in the mirror. They see an unthankful generation, and they get it right with God. Is anybody with me? And so it's not easy, but uh, but, uh, it happened until they were filled, permeated, saturated with every kind of unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, evil, full of envy, murder, strife. Deceit, malice, mean-spiritedness. Isn't that something? They are gossip, spreading rumors, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful, inventors of new forms of evil, like we haven't seen enough, disobedient and disrespectful to parents, without understanding, untrustworthy, unloving, unmerciful. Although they know God's righteous decree and his judgment, that those who do such things deserve death, yet they, they do not do them, but they even approve, and listen to this, tolerate others who practice them. The truth always demands a response. So preacher, if you're saying today, I don't judge the world, I don't. No, you just preach the truth, let the Lord judge the world. 
I mean, oh, you preach the word of God. The word of God is what convicts and converts the sinner. I want this house filled with sinners. But when they come in, this is what they're going to hear. The truth of the word of God and the truth. You shall know the truth and. Now, isn't that the victory of the gospel? So the pseudo gospel, the superficial gospel, the yellow yes gospel, the little gospel that's soft and easy gospel is not telling them the truth. So in, so in essence, by not telling the truth, you are enabling them. You are tolerating that. Listen, if the church gets down to three, I'm not going to have their blood on my hands. We're going to preach truth. And I think every preacher who names the name of Jesus, who has a responsible call to preach the gospel, every teacher, every Sunday school teacher, everybody has a responsibility to tell the truth. And they'll know the truth because they hear it. How shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach if we don't create them? Bring them up, disciple them, train them, show them how to preach the truth, teach them how to teach and preach and stand with integrity and courage to preach. Not, not like they're, they're being condemned. We're not here to condemn. Jesus didn't come to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved. But how can they be saved if they don't hear the truth? How will they know they're a sinner if we don't pull back the curtain and reveal the wickedness in our nation? Folks, our nation is in trouble. At the root of ingratitude is a prideful heart. The awful sin of pride is really what it is. It's the very same thing in the beginning with Satan. And pride undermines a grateful heart. And when we lose a grateful heart, we begin a dreadful spiral downward. But I come to tell you about Psalm 107, just because I need a little bit of help to shout a little bit. Psalm 107 and verse 8 confirms what we already taught you so far in this series. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness. So that is negative. It is heavy. It is, it is the truth. But the other side of that gospel is Jesus saves. I said Jesus came to get us out of that rebellious heart. He came to soften. The Holy Spirit comes and softens and helps us to take and take a stony heart out and put a heart of flesh to honor the Lord and to say, thank you. I know in whom I believe and I am persuaded that neither life nor death nor things present nor things to come nor any other thing is going to keep me from my God. I, I thank God that I'm born again. How about you? And that grateful heart is the opposite of a prideful heart. The prideful heart says, I am my own God. Can you imagine looking at this design of our earth today and denying that the God exists? That's what people, intellectual, smart people are saying. But they become futile in their own mind. Dark darkness. The word would in that verse 107, oh, that men would give thanks. The word would confirms that, that gratitude is a choice. Oh, the men would praise him. Not everybody's making the right choice. But if you'll praise him, how many know he'll bless you? Man to have a praising church, amen? A grateful church. Gratitude is a choice. We make it regardless of our situation. We choose gratitude. And this text today is heavy, I know. But it gives us a description of people, a description of people who are ungrateful. Chapter 1, 
For even though they knew God, they did not honor God or give him thanks. Man, I look at America as much as I love her. Anybody here love America? I'll tell you, at least half this nation is very unthankful. Or more than half, I'd say. And it's not painted blue or red. It's painted with a pen of sin, wickedness, idolatry. They've changed the truth of God for a lie. It's bad news, folks. Unthankful nation is bad news. And if these are unbelievers, Pastor, I thought he said they knew God. If they're unbelievers, why does Paul say they knew God? Paul is speaking of something in theology we call, in the, the, you know, he's talking to the whole human race. They're not, not just pagans and Jews. He's talking to the whole human race, every human being. He's speaking to every one of them. And here's what he's, he's, he's explaining it. It's, it we're, we're also, not only, not only is it uh, we are created, right, by God, right, but all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We're born into sin. Everybody knows that, right? If you don't, you do now. Yet all of us have seen the revelation of God. It's God's universe. God spoke. How many know we serve a speaking God? He looked in the beginning, right? And he spoke, let there be light, and there was light. Everything that is now is a result of our God speaking it into existence. How many know he have, he, we have a creative God that spoke it all into existence? He even created us. In his own image. But because of Adam and Eve and their disobedience, because of the pride in their hearts, because of the temptation of the enemy who had pride in his heart, to tell them that God is not good, don't praise God, he's not good. You see that? That's how it all began. And convinced Eve and Adam to deny the God that is so good. He gave them anything they wanted, just don't touch this tree, just don't touch this tree. And their rebellion hearts, it wasn't enough. They didn't have enough. All that God created for them, and it wasn't enough. He created it all. Are you hearing me so far? In theology, it's called natural revelation. All the earth brings glory to God, right? Universe, the universe, two words. Uni meaning one, verse meaning spoken word. One spoken word, and it all came. Now, if you want to be intellectual and think that there was a big bang and all of a sudden the gases came together in a big explosion and an amoeba fell into the water and the amoeba floated, you know, like a tadpole up to the shore and turned from a tadpole into a frog and then from a frog it turned into a, 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 a monkey, climbed up the tree and you fell out. That takes a lot of faith to believe. I choose to believe God. And be grateful for his creation. Come on, somebody, help me out here. I choose God. But it says they knew God, but they didn't choose God, right? We are also born with an innate knowledge of God through our moral consciousness. The heavens declare his handiwork, right? So it's due to his attributes. First being uh, all of creation, right, speaks that he is God. Yet, Yet we willfully suppress that truth for a lie. And since, since uh, verse 19 says, since what may be known about God is plain. God didn't make it hard. You don't have to have a, a, a doctorate degree to figure it out. God is God. And there is no other. But, but there are a lot of people that will take a tree and cut it down and count the rings and say that the earth is billions and billions and billions of years old. 
and that it all happened by one blast. And you know how many people believe it? You know how gullible God's people are? If you say it long enough and loud enough, our nation begins to believe it. And a nation who was once focused and founded on God and his word, Judeo-Christian principles, help me out here. Now a nation declares their, you know. But I, but I want to say, not everybody has believed a lie. Somebody here believes in Jesus. And so, but I, but I got to tell you, because it's important to preach this, every fiber of our being knows that God is. You can rebel against that truth. You can suppress it. You can deny it. You can run away from it. But it's still true. God's still God. And uh, there will be a day of reckoning. How else could all this just happen? No excuses, God says. His invisible qualities have been clearly seen by what he made. A closer look at verse 21 explains a key stage in humanity's turn from the true God of idolatry to idolatry. Yes, they knew God, but they would not worship him as God or give him thanks. They knew it. They knew it in every part of their being, every fiber of their soul. Look at the ocean and the mountains together. How can you deny that God is? Look at the birth of a baby and the whole process. How can you deny that? And how can you kill the baby in the womb? It's called murder. But if you, if you negate the Ten Commandments, if you negate the whole Bible, if that's not your starting point of theology, you're going to rebel against God because the Bible is the source of truth. It's God's spoken word in beginning. It's God's written word. And Jesus is God's living word. We believe all of that. Somehow half, half the world forgot it or never was taught it. That's why missions is so important. We must tell the whole world Jesus lives. And he came to take away that ugly heart and put a heart of flesh, the spirit. And there uh, they began to make up foolish ideas of what God was like. Man, people believe a lot of things today. It blows my mind. what pe- Mark, people believe a lot of crazy things today. And, and, and it grieves my soul. That, that tells me that if they have, they have faith... Right? They have faith. They were going to put their faith in something. To every person, God's word says, has been given a measure of faith. It depends on what you put your faith in. I place my faith in God. The one true God. But as a result, their minds became dark and confused. And uh, you can read this in any translation, and it says the same thing. They knew God. Uh, They did not honor God. Right? This is what happens when you become ungrateful for spiritual truth. They refuse to glorify God, and they refuse to give thanks to God. They knew God. They did not honor God. They did not give God thanks. Their thinking became foolish. Their hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. And this means that the problem with humanity is not lack of knowledge about God. He's made it plain. He made it plain. So nobody's without excuse. And so... The deeper problem, they, they exchange the truth of God for a lie. That's the problem. And the deeper problem is those who ignore the knowledge that we have of God. Can you imagine having a relationship with God and then uh, getting yourself so educated that you don't even believe in God's existence anymore? 
That's happening in the universities across America. Professors are standing and teaching that God doesn't exist anymore. There's another way. There's another creator. There's another thing that, that there's just spiritualness in the sky. And, and they're suppressing real truth and they're making up their own mind and it gets darker and darker and darker and eventually it is wicked. Hmm. I don't like preaching this. Could we just stop and preach on revival a minute? Truth always demands a response. What does, what does God expect? Simple gratitude. Just be thankful. Just be thankful. Don't try to be God. Don't try to, you know, find something greater. You never will. How I many know oh, you could search the world over? You're not going to find anything greater than our God and his grace and his gracious son. So truth always demands a response that we be thankful. There's no neutral zone here. Say thanks. You say thanks by your worship. You don't worship self, you worship God. You don't, you don't um, go around speaking and demanding what you want. You have been bought with a price. Come on, Jesus owns you. I said he saved you, so he's your savior, but he, only, he also is your Lord. He owns you. You do what he says and what his word says, that's it. So if you don't like that because you've been brought up in a culture that tells you you can get do whatever you want to do and that your opinion matters, how I many know your opinion doesn't uh, to hold anything to the word of God? There's a lot of people whose thinking has gotten them away from the presence of God. It's very detrimental. Say thank you and say, declare the wonderful God that we have. Amen. So we're without excuse, every one of us, all the heavens declare the glory of God. You look up into heaven and see the stars. How I many know oh, he, he is the one who spoke all of that into existence? And the moon and the sun. I mean, the moon sets the tide. All the living creatures in the sea uh, are dictated to by the light of the moon. And the, are, are y'all understanding everything works together? He made it all. He made it all. You can't blink your eye that God didn't make your eyeball to blink. Just the fact that you're breathing. Is anybody breathing in here? Please keep breathing. What happens when we become indifferent and unthankful, ungrateful to spiritual truth and revelation? Two things that I'll show you right there. Since truth demands a response, the truth and revelation, natural revelation about God demands that we, that we, the created, glorify the creator. That's what it demands. He's the potter, we're the clay. Everybody clear on that? He's the father, we're the children. Children do not tell the father what to do. But it's in this generation, in this culture, the divine order is all backwards. Now children are running the house. I, I need help here. Everything's backwards. Good seems to be evil, and evil seems to be good. Everything's backwards. But how many know the Lord's going to make it all right again? Hang in there. We will have revival before the service is over. If we don't glorify God, we fail in the great purpose and plan for which he created us, which was to glorify God and give him praise. He created the mountains and the hills for you. He created the oceans and the seas for you. He created the vegetation and the trees and the animals and all of it. He did it for you and for me. Then he bring glory to his name. Everything he created was a process in having uh, the other, the next day. Well, well, if he created the vegetation, the next day he created the animals. How many know he already created what the animals need before the animals needed it? How many know we serve an awesome God? The only thing he didn't create was Eve, and he felt bad because Adam was lost without Eve. 
Boy couldn't even match his socks. All the ladies missed a good time to shout right there. When we don't glorify God, we suppress, we have to glorify something. We have to put our faith in something. If the Bible is not the starting point of your theology or knowledge of God, if God, creator, consciousness is not inside of you, if you don't, if you suppress that, you got to come up with something. So they make up lies. But this one phrase burns in my mind. They did not give God thanks. And on this Thanksgiving weekend, I just got to tell you, I didn't know ingratitude had such a negative connotation. You say, Pastor, well, none of us are ingrateful. No, but, but there's a whole attitude of gratitude. So if it starts little, how many know it's the little things? It starts with little things. So you may not be rebelling against God today and anti-God, but we do have a culture that is anti-God. So how does the unthankful humanity treat God? Well, they despise him and they serve themselves. They ignore the day he calls the Sabbath. Honor the Sabbath and keep it holy. They do whatever they want on the holy day. In fact, they made a holiday out of the holy day. It's not up for grabs. It's one of the Ten Commandments. Well, you deal with that any way you want to. It's not your opportunity or it's not your privilege to show up or not show up. It's his day. And you don't have an option even to worship. I mean, no, you come together on his day. You ought to worship the Lord. Read the word, preach the word, sing, pray, do everything we're supposed to do together on the Lord's day. He's the number one priority, but they, they ignore that day. They neglect the book. Man, how many books are out there? How many bestsellers have never put God in it? But how many know that the Bible is still the number one bestseller of all time? Hallelujah. The holy book. They rebel against the holy book. They rebel against the messengers of the holy book. They killed the prophets. They actually killed the son of God. Are you hearing me? And they, and they, and they refuse his son. They forgot his deliverances. They ignore his miracles. They become ungrateful and end up blind to his goodness. Nine lepers, ten, nine of them, nine of them, all ten got healed. Only nine came back to thank the Lord. Nine. The one that, that, one that came back, <laughs> he got a blessing, didn't he? He came back. He said, he said, you know what? I was, I was just pretty much dead. I've got to thank the Lord. Is anybody grateful for the salvation God's given to you? Of the way he spared your life and healed you and got a generation that was going the wrong way. Now you got a saved family going the right way. I mean, no, that's worth shouting about. Gratitude. Grateful. You got to come back and thank the one that healed you. But if you think you deserve healing like the other nine, go show yourself to the priest and go on your way and forget where the true source was. I said, Jesus is the true source of healing. It's not the church, it's Jesus. Basically, man chooses to reject God or makes a stand against God. It's seen in two areas. Gave him no glory. They gave him no glory. They refused to exalt or magnify him as God. Their, their primary goal was to glorify themselves. And I believe God deserves first place. But those who walk in unrighteousness and open rebellion against God give him no place in their lives. 
Like Jesus, there's no room for you, God. There's no room you in the inn. Business as usual. God's nowhere. It's not even in their consciousness, but it is in their moral conscience. I said, you can't, you can't get away from it. You have to, you, if you backslide, Oak Grove, listen to me. If any of these members here today choose to backslide online, listen to me. You have to go against God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, who's going to always convict you. You have to go against the Word of God and Pastor Ron and Melissa and all the people at Oak Grove that are praying for you. I mean, you got to kick against a lot of things to run away from God. Because he's always wanting you. That's the good news. And the conviction that we suppress to say that we're okay. You're not okay. You're not okay. America, you're not okay. You're very sick and anemic and weak and you need to get back to God. And so the God of our life, we need to make room for him. Therefore, he's not glorified in God, uh, in them. And, and as a result, his wrath comes upon the sins of men. And then they judge God for, for pouring out his wrath. But they made the choice. Against all that God is doing. It's kind of like when God, when Adam and Eve sinned against God, God even killed an animal to cover them. Before he killed the animal, how many know there, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin? Somebody's got to pay the price of rebellion. And Jesus did it. Can somebody in here help me give Jesus a praise? But before he gave him the animal skin, he covered him with fig leaves. And I can just hear Adam now. Eve, these fig leaves are itching me. How many know that's ingratitude? Trying to cover you with grace, trying to heal you, trying to take the shame of your behavior away, trying to give you a new name, trying to give you a new heart, trying to give you a new blessed life, but you, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in here. Somebody's getting this. They gave him no gratitude. While they received, while they denied God, they also took all that he gave to them. Uh, to teach them and reveal himself to them. And, and they used it for their own selfish gain without a single thought of giving God thanks. Wow. They exchanged God's truth for a lie and worshiped themselves. The result, God gave them over. Say, Pastor, could people get to that place? Could they get to that place, Max, where they just reprobate in their thinking, castaways? And, and, and God then is judged by saying he throws people away. How I many know oh, God throws no one away? Hear me again, online and here. God throws no one away. God loves everyone. God died. His son died on the cross for every single soul, but you have to receive it. You have to thank him for the sacrifice. And the more you thank him, the more he blesses you. Oh, my goodness. I feel like switching. But this is so heavy, but what does a life without God look like? It has no real meaning, purpose, or hope. It's hopeless. They have vain imaginations. It means, means it's a life of mere existence, but now they live for themselves, whatever they want. And you know, sin will take you further than you could possibly ever want to go. Do you know that, folks? 
You start thinking up things. You think you deserve this and you deserve that. I mean, oh, we should have gotten what we deserve, but the grace of God hindered it. You and I deserved hell. Damnation. But he didn't come to give us damnation. He came to give us salvation. Is anybody here in the balance there? I don't want to be like a doom and gloom. I'm just trying to tell you the truth of the gospel. It's mean, meaningless. They, they live for themselves. Basically, they're wasting their time. They fill their days with themselves doing what they want. But eventually, those days will end soon, and they will find it. It was a wasted life. Look at the prodigal son. Wasted everything, had everything, lost everything, came to his right mind. Anybody glad for the grace of God? That the Holy Ghost and the conviction of God, the Father didn't chase him, but how many know the Spirit went with that boy? And the Spirit met him in the pig pen and said, You had it. Listen, you 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 had it better off at your at your father's house. That's not just a logical statement. That is every fiber of his being realizing that this is not as good as that. But what the world does is they compare the, what the world got compared to what God is giving them. And if they come up short with God, they want what the world has. I mean, you got to flip that thing. What God has for me is greater than anything the world could ever possibly give. And then I become grateful. You see that? But to think the world's got something that Jesus doesn't have is to be totally, totally insane. So one day every knee is going to bow. Come on. Jesus said it best. What profit is it to gain the whole world and lose your own soul? How can you do that? It would have been better that you never been born than to die without Jesus. Eternal life. What good is 70 years here if you're going to have an eternity away from God? I wish somebody was helping me preach today. This is serious. It is a missional message to the whole wide world. Not just Americans. Humanity. Humanity needs to hear this. If a man loses his life, he actually finds it, Jesus says. If, if, if you're going to die, listen to me. If you're going to die, die to self and live for God. That's, that's the combination right there. Don't die to God and live for self. You eternally, eternally be forever in a bad way. I don't think people understand the depravity of hell. Just the depravity that we're reading about now is kind of shocking, isn't it? We'll read it again in a little bit from 2 Timothy. But 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 just check it out. It's it's unbelievable. The life they live here is is horrible without God. It's horrible. It's empty. 2 Timothy 3. But understand this, in the last days, anybody believe we're, we're approaching the last days at least? Dangerous times of great stress and trouble will come. Difficult days that will be hard to bear. Not everybody wants to preach that. People will be lovers of self, narcissistic. That's a big word. It means they love themselves. Everything, everything revolves around them. You don't know anybody like that. If you do, don't raise your hand. Lovers of money. Impelled by greed, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents. Does that sound familiar to, to Romans 1? Ungrateful, ungrateful. I just kind of highlighted it, underlined it. It's blowing my mind that ingratitude is one of the things that is causing some of the issues of our day. Unholy, profane, 
All of us express gratitude in two ways. We receive from God daily, right? Blessings without ever a thought as to where it came from. Every day. Every day. Miss Melissa, I told you last week that God in my life and Miss Melissa are the two biggest blessings I've ever had. I go to take a shower. There is shampoo there, even though I don't need it. It's there. It's there. I go in the drawer and there's socks that are cleaned. I have shoes. I can't match the socks, but they are there. Because she matched them. Don't be mistaken. She can't live without me either. I just want to set the record. Set the record straight on video. Live. There is that which God created in me that she needs. There is that which God created in her that I need. That's why he created male and female. Both he created both of them. Everything else you see in Romans is unnatural, unholy. Don't make me get into that. Y'all understand what I'm saying. You can think that you're going to make a family. You can't make a family. It doesn't work. Get a clue. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure that don't work. And my goodness, it's a horrible life. When you turn on God and his truth, your foolish heart grows darker. You become more wicked, uh, unnatural. Men forget that the only alternative to light is darkness. Can't make up an alternative lifestyle. There's a life in God and there's a life not in God. That's it. That's the, that's your, that's your choices. In God, natural. Outside of God, unnatural. But there are consequences we read about in Romans 1 that even you will feel naturally. Sicknesses that will come on you as a result of unnatural behavior. I'll preach it when somebody understands it. So as they move further away from light, they move further into darkness. Do you understand that? It's not like God's moving away from them. They're moving away from God, Mark. The move, the farther they move away from the light, the farther, the darker it gets. It's dark. It's dark. If I go in that closet, it's darker than it is out here. The more you will move away from God, the darker it gets. Listen, that's a lonely place without God. And when you need him, you can call on him, but you have to come to him. You have to come to God. That's what the prodigal did. He come to his right mind and he headed to the father's house. Hear me. This is a message of grace. If you're living without God, run to the house of the Lord. Run to God. Run to God. He will grace you. He will bless you. He will forgive you. He gave his own life for you. Do you all understand that? It's not a one-sided affair here. So he wants you. He needs you. He loves you. But you become more and more wicked without him. And, and, and as they move further away from the light, they move further into the dark. It's not that God left them. They left God totally out. In America, we left God out. And look what's happening to our nation. Took him out of school. Look what's happening in our schools. Children are killing each other. Have to have security. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That didn't happen 50 years ago. I hate to think of the possibility of anyone going to hell without God. I, 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 I actually live 
with the hope that everybody finds Jesus. We do. We are. And our goal is that nobody should perish. That's God's will. But even knowing that their life spent here on earth without a relationship with a loving father is awful. It's awful to think that somebody would live their existence on earth without God. And so uh, to live all your years trapped in darkness that you created, living, living in, the, in the mess you made, thinking you're happy, yet sin is eating you alive. One day it becomes too late to change. You could have had a life with God. You could have chose heaven. You could have had the Holy Spirit helping you, walking with you, blessing you, but you didn't. That's awful. That's the awful sin of pride. You'd rather die and go down than to live and go up. That's awful. And that's the awful sin of pride. Bible says, as it was in the days of Noah. Are y'all with me? As it was in the days of old Noah, so shall it be at the coming of the Son of Man. Folks, we are getting really, really close to the end. I know part of that seems so hard and scary, but the other part of that sounds exciting and revival and missional. Whoever we're going to win, we need to win them now. If we ever were going to do it, how many know we got to do it now? If you ever were going to give, it's time to give. If you ever were going to go, it's time to go. If you ever were going to pray, it's time to pray now. Today is not the day to be playing with God. Getting serious. Getting in the altars, praying through, praying in the spirit, calling on God to help our nation get back on her knees. Don't give up on America. I believe it's a setup. Lift up your eyes for your redemption draws nigh. Hallelujah. People will be lovers of themselves. Boastful, proud, abusive, disobedience to parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but not denying its power, <sighs> denying his advice, denying his provision, denying his grace, rebelling against everything that he offers, have nothing to do with these people. Paul actually admonishes Timothy, get away from them. Run! You think that you think that Joseph was trying to lead Potiphar's wife to Christ while he's trying to she's trying to rape him? Your boy did what anybody should do. Run! Flee youthful lust. Get away from that kind of activity and pray that they find God. Wasn't a time to sit at the table and have a negotiation with Potiphar's wife. She put him she put him in a bad way. But you know what? I don't want to give credit to Potiphar's wife. I'd like to give it to the will of God. Because God got him in prison where God can get a hold of him. You see, we give the devil too much credit. Your will, the will of God for your life, is, is what the will of God wants for your life. If you're here today, how I many know oh, he knew you'd be here? If something bad happens to you, he knew it was going to happen. He's going to use it for his glory. He didn't make it happen. Is anybody getting any of this? Whatever God, whatever, whatever comes your way, because Satan's going to use what happened to you to go against you. God's going to use what happened to you to go for you and for the gospel and for the redemption of mankind. Redemption always wins. That's the whole goal of the whole thing. Have nothing to do with these people. They are 
loaded down with sins by all kinds of evil desires. This is what the scripture says. They're always learning, but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. They oppose truth. They have depraved minds. You know, there today, there are people getting on TV in America, opposing the word of God, opposing truth. And there are gullible Christians that are saying, oh, I see that. What do you see? Are you blind as a bat? They're opposing the word of God. But if you don't know the word of God, you don't know they're opposing the word of God. That's why we need to learn the word of God. That's why people are so biblically illiterate. They're believing all kinds of lies. So we need to know the word of God. In verse 9, but they will not get that far. Would somebody just give God a praise this morning? Just give him a big old loud clap offering and a big old loud clap sound of praise to God. They will not get that far. God has the last say. I said God has the last say. Not the Republicans or the Democrats. God has the last say. Not America or Iraq. God has the last say. He's still in charge. He's just over there waiting. The bridegroom is building our mansion. I said, Jesus is getting everything ready. And one of these days, Gabriel's going to step out with his trumpet. I don't know if that gets you excited, but I'm getting happy right up here by myself. And God's going to take a breath. God the Father. Gabriel. (sighs) I know it's ugly. I know this was heavy. But one of these days, God's going to say, I had had enough. They're not going one step further. That's what makes the urgency of this hour so important. If we ever going to do missions, we got to do it today. Win them all. Go out there and tell everybody the good news of Jesus. Certainly don't go out there and be ungrateful or unholy. How are you going to attract them to a God? Did you know you were made in the image of God? A direct representation of our God? And he's never disrespectful. He's never unholy. Our God is holy. And so, because their folly, listen to this. Because of their folly, it will be clear to everyone. Lovers of themselves, proud, arrogant, and ungrateful. All of that is grouped together. Arrogant, proud, haters of God. And ungrateful. Rick, why is ungrateful a little tiny word lumped together with all those? I mean, we all understand haters of God and revilers and wickedness and, and all of these things. And, but ungrateful, really? That's where it all starts with the attitude of gratitude. And, you know, it starts right in your own home. This Thanksgiving, I want to challenge you to eat with everybody you know. First of all, don't let anybody else tell you who to eat with. God bless America. That one was free. That ought to be an all-inclusive gospel. Can't eat with anybody. Sit by yourself and eat your turkey by yourself. That's a turkey telling us how to eat turkey. You go home and you get around your dinner table and you look your family in the eye and you say, Jake, I love you. 
Thank you for serving our country. Thank you. And Joanna, thank you for sacrificing as a military wife and raising those babies. Say something good. Somebody paid the price for this nation. And yet other people are depriving us of a grateful heart. So take your time and love everybody around your table. Basically, uh, basically, God wants us to, to realize he's coming soon. So what about us? What about us today? The other thing here was uh, not only do we receive God uh, from God daily without ever giving him a thought, but uh, there, there's another one. We grumble about what we don't have. We grumble about what we don't have. We never miss any meals. Did anybody here miss a meal? Anybody? I didn't think so. When was the last time you went to the table and nothing was there? When, when have you ever lost a night's sleep because you had no bed or you had no place to sleep? From childhood, we've all been very blessed, haven't we? Americans have been so blessed, so spoiled. Uh, if God treated us this way, while many live in cruel poverty, Shouldn't we be grateful? I mean, even us today, right here. I think of Central America today, Honduras, Guatemala. Had the hurricane Iota come through. Friends, those people didn't have anything in the first place. Can you imagine losing everything you didn't have? No guilt trip here. I just want to close out my sermon with some reality here. We're so blessed. Did you have a good mother? I did. Did you have a good father? Decent. Good enough. Could have been worse. Did you have a sweet family? You have kids that love you, grandkids that love you? Has God given you a smooth path in comparison? Some of you are moving ahead, but other people are going backwards. Some people lost their job over COVID. Some people don't have any money. You still got your job. Come on now. This is helping us to get a happy, a happy, thankful attitude here. Some people's children are, are gone. Gone. Either wayward with God or maybe gone. Gone. Some people are widowed today. Spouse is gone. Will we ever be grateful for what we have? Instead of always grumbling about what we don't. Will you allow God to break that hard heart? Can you find mercy? If God has been merciful to you, turn to him and praise him. Turn to him and repent of your sin. It's never too late. And if you've been brought up in a, in a culture that doesn't know God, I got to tell you some truth. There is a God and he loves you. He loves you and he has good news for you. Well, some people say, Pastor Will, I walked uh, uh, through this life and I worked hard. I pulled myself up by my own bootstraps and I have all I have is because of me. Yeah. Well, who gave you the strength to do all that? Was well, I'm educated and I work my way. Well, yeah. Who gave you those brains? We owe it all to God. Amen. And yet we give him nothing. Never take the goodness of God for granted. All of us express God, our ways to God in these two ways. 
If it's manna, we want quail. If it's cereal, we want eggs. If it's a black suit, it's not ready. We were upset because we had to wear the blue suit today. Really? Really? We have $500. We complain because somebody else has 1000 If we have a car, we wish we had an SUV. If we have a medium-sized church, we want a big church. If we have a big church, we'd like to have a small church. Unsatisfied and unholy go together. It's not holy to be ungrateful, to be unthankful. How many know you ought to thank God for what you do have? Wish I had a better job. I wish I had a better church. I wish I had a better pastor. You can't get one. Stop. Let me, uh, let me close by asking all, all of us to be more thankful, thankful this year. Thanks for letting me preach and give this off my heart. It was a heavy, but praise God for his mercy. When his blessings come and, and we realize how precious they were, we ought to thank him. Can I just tell you one more thing? Persecution is coming to America. Our fr- brothers and sisters around the world have felt it, but it's going to come out of a way we haven't felt it before. So, so gear up, buckle up, stay strong, embrace yourselves, and thank God for we, we were able to walk in the building today. See, um, Sister Linda has a walker. She's grateful to walk in with a walker. One of the greatest pictures of Thanksgiving I ever seen was a lady in a wheelchair, and she was all, she was all, you know, mangled up, and, and, um, and yet they were videoing, and, and they found her during worship like that. Fighting with everything in her, Max, to just praising. And yet you walk in each week and we have to fight to see pry the hands out of your pocket to give God a praise. God help us. We need to be grateful. Praise should come easy for the Oak Grove Assembly of God. Thank God for your mental stability. Peace at night that you have. Some people are drinking themselves into oblivion. Some people are smoking pot and drugging up and just trying to get out of this, trying to get out of this, whatever it is. Thank God. For, let me just, while you're coming, uh, Taylor and the worship team, come on up. Let me just tell you what you can thank God for. Would you stand and help me thank God? Would you just do that? Because I'm done. Thank God for his grace and your existence. Thank God for his throne of grace that's open to you. Thank God for an open Bible in your language, in your language. Yesterday, we were talking with David about the Haitian Bible. They want to write the Bible in, in the Haitian language of Creole. Creole. So they can know it in their language. Thank God for the preaching of the word and the teaching. Amen? Of the true word, of the unadulterated word of truth. And if you're saved, you should sing to the Lord. You should bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless him for his son and bless him for his spirit. Bless him for his fatherhood, the fatherhood of God, that you're his child. Blessing that you have received all of his wonderful gifts. Bless him that he give you his promises, his promises and his commands, his commands and his promises. Bless him that you have a past and a present and a future. Bless him in every way, for everything, all the time, everywhere. Go your way today singing singing and rejoicing in your heart to God who loved you and provided everything for you and never let one ounce of ingratitude enter your heart.
I know it was a little rough today. A lot of truth, but the biggest truth is don't let one ounce of ingratitude come on you. It'll take you. It'll take you. Pity party will take you. Never allow ingratitude to rob you of receiving the blessing of God. May every day become thanksgiving for all of you. Happy Thanksgiving. Our goal throughout the series was just to know that we can make a choice to choose gratitude no matter what. Make it a daily habit. Make it a daily habit. If you do it for 30 days, by January 1, 2021, you will be so thankful. And your praise will change. And the attitude will change. And the atmosphere around you will change. You'll have more friends. Not just Facebook friends, because they don't really, they're not really your friend. They're just your gossip buddies and opinionated people. Remember, ingratitude is a sin, sin of pride. Never give up or give in because God is always there. God is faithful. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord. Come on, lift your hand and say it with me. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness lasts forever. One more time. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord that his goodness would last forever. I went on over five minutes. I'm